This is CliffCentral.com. We go from being our father's daughters to our husband's wives to our baby's mothers. Well, the curriculum is not designed for teaching a woman. I imagine it's the same as teaching a man. I'm sorry, Catherine. For what, Jim? Understanding you and any other woman like you, though I don't imagine there's many. (laughs) That's good practice right there. (laughs) My condolences if you haven't seen the movie Hidden Figures. The rest of this conversation might fly over your head. My guest today describes herself as serial and a paranoid entrepreneur, faith woman, parable and philanthropist. Tuli Mashaba, welcome to the Opinion Booth. Thank you so much, Sonia. You're a, you're, you, you, you love, you know, the, the title, serial. You're a serial <laughs> offender because I know you've been uh, a guest uh, on one of our, our shows. We, we just can't seem to get rid of you. you. You love the Cliff Central family, don't you? I think so. I know. I, I know think I must do. get a slot. Gareth might just be listening to you. He might just uh, offer you a job if you're ready to start tomorrow morning and dump everything else that you do. Unfortunately, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not ready for radio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, first things first. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that you got dumped just because you didn't ask for money. Which, (laughs) what did, yeah, it did happen. I think it was in 2000 and maybe eight, eight, nine. Yeah, somewhere there. Surely that person knew beforehand that you are self-made for a reason. Why would a guy expect you to ask him for money? I don't know. And in fact, if if I could, I would have. The thing is, you know, your upbringing plays into the people we are today. So I grew up being a hunter. So it's not easy for me to ask, especially for money. You know, it's not easy. Exactly. That's yeah. what I thought as well. When exactly. I Cause I mean, I saw this on, on your Twitter page. I saw the yeah. whole conversation and, you know, gold diggers and what other <laughs> names were, you know, being thrown around. And I thought that is odd. I mean, you hear of guys dumping women because they're gold diggers because they ask for too mm-hmm. much money and they're high maintenance. And here is your person dumping you because you're just not asking him yeah, for money. Yeah, said I don't ask for money. And I was like, but, uh, where is your sense of responsibility, um, as a man or as, as my partner. I mean, you know, I have hair, you know, I bath, you know, I have a phone, you know, I love fruits. You could just volunteer those things because again, if I ask, how much am I going to ask for? Must I ask for 20,000? Mm-hmm. Must I ask for 2,000? As a girlfriend allowance type of situation. You get what I'm saying. Okay. So I couldn't understand. It It actually ooh, it threw me off. It no, was it, totally it, unexpected. No, it was baffling. Yeah. So now, you said this, I think, at a talk, because you do a lot of talks. Yes. I mean, okay, let me just get through your Twitter bio. <laughs> okay, Twitter bio, I mean, I've, I've, I've mentioned it before, but I mean, I'm, I'm more interested in the parable uh, part, and you're known as a disruptor in many different industries, and you're involved in a lot of industry, right? Yes. So one of the talks that you did, I think – during the talk, you were quoted as saying the manner in which you get business 
is mm-hmm. the way you need to sustain your business. Treat yourself with respect. That is profound. Was this directed to the so-called pentypreneurs? Um, not necessarily. Uh, not them only. Uh, there, there are so many ways of doing this. I mean, you could perform rituals, you know, uh-huh. as well. So I, 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 that's all that I meant in so many ways. So it, it, it was, for instance, we get accused by other women that you are being successful because of that. And it's so unfair. And you, you ask yourself, why don't they do the same? If it was so easy to be successful. I mean, why aren't you all doing it? And why, why aren't they doing it? That's a good you point. Know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such an unfair statement. It just makes me sweat. <laughs> and if it were that easy, a lot of us will be millionaires, billionaires. Precisely. You know, in precisely. every currency possible. You know? Precisely. So, I mean, you have a 19-year-old son. I mean, I still can't believe it. I mean, you, you, look, <laughs> like, you, look, you look so young and fresh. I, I cannot fathom how you have a 19-year-old, but I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it at, at some point <laughs> or another because you do have a 19-year-old that you gave birth to. Yes, I do. So now it seems the men are trash hashtag. Mm-hmm. will continue to trend for as long as femicide exists. Mm-hmm. Parents are always blamed. Mm-hmm. Questioned, judged, and crucified for their children's actions and behavior. There's True. no escaping that as a parent. Yep. What values did you instill in him? And do you look at him and think to yourself, I've done a great job. I'm such a proud mom. Of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll start with that one. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of the man that he's become. Um, it was terrifying. Uh, knowing that the father is not around and actually at the, uh, when he, when he was about to turn 13, I was really, really concerned. I intentionally prayed to say, God help me in this, you know, because I didn't know how he was going to react. And I, I truly didn't know how he feels about his dad being absent. Um, so I'm a very open person. So it's a topic that we just, dived into uh, not even once or at a particular stage every day I engage him about a whole lot of issues especially even uh, since the time of um, the Garabo incident I engaged him and I asked him how he feels about that because it, it, it's worrisome you know you you can't see these things and be like it's none of my business it's not my son and all that it makes you reflect it makes you think uh, whether you have raised your child up, uh, properly or appropriately uh, especially your boy child and um so I by the grace of God again uh, for his sake He's been surrounded by women. Sometimes uh, when we are at home with my mom, it's myself and the nieces and my sisters. He's the only man there. So he's surrounded by women and he's passionate about kids. He loves his uh, his, his nieces. Um, he loves babysitting, actually. So I, I'm very, very proud. I'm very proud. And so far... Um, I think we are safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we are safe. Yeah. From, it, from what is like, uh, from the engagements that we, we get into with him. And he's a, respe- a responsible, respectable He's very responsible. He loves to be respected, actually. I mean, uh, to be trusted. Uh, so you can trust him with any responsibility. You can give him your card. It's stuff that we started doing at, at a very early age that I want you to be responsible. I want to be able to trust you. So, 
we do everything. He knows my pin codes, all of them, my phones, uh, my online uh, logging details, everything. Wow. He loves being trusted. So I, I let him be. I give him that. He doesn't like being accused. And uh, he's a respectable child. He greets. Um, he's very funny. He's probably just, um, he has this cassifle. That's what he calls himself. He has a tongue. Uh, every time <laughs> when I tell him to be careful, he says, I'm not a snob. I've got a cassifle. You know, they only target <laughs> the snobs. You I know? see. Yes. Okay, yes. Very yeah. Woke. And, um, I also, uh, allowed him to use public transport or the organized transport from as young as three. I mean, three and a half to four because at the time he was staying with my grandmother and then he got active and my grandmother says uh, said I, I can't cope with him anymore so I took him uh, to a preschool and there was no one to take him there so I had to put him in the organized transport like other kids um, and then just trusted God so since then I love how it has brought in some independence because sometimes I'm busy he's asked me and from there like you went to boarding school as well so he'll, he'll tell me next week I intend going home I'm going to be around then, I'm, then I'll tell him no I'm not available then he says it's cool I'll take a bus I'll take a taxi so I love that I love that I have so much respect for you and all the other single moms out there because you know I have Matthew Mm-hmm. For support And we have two boys And it is hard If anybody tells you That parenting is easy they, They're living in fantasy land Parenthood is Not easy I mean I get overwhelmed sometimes I mean I've got a do not disturb sign At home for those moments When I need a break from parenting How do you juggle A 19 year old who's adversity And the career that you have Because you're a very busy Businesswoman He's very, at first I was concerned about that. I thought maybe he's gonna blame me at some point for being so absent because, uh, we, we were only together for a very short uh, space of time and then he had to go to boarding school and now he's advanced. So we've never really, uh, lived together for a continuous period. So I, I raised it with him and he said, um, I'm not bothered at all. You know, I'd rather have you out there, uh, pursuing what you love and happy. And having money, of course, for us, than have you with me miserable and broke. What are we going to do together, broke and miserable? Wow. So I'd rather have you go out there. I'm so grateful for his mentality. He's got wisdom. He's an old soul. So much, yeah. Sure, lucky you. It, it, I'm, I'm sure it blessed. makes your life a lot easier. Very, very much. Very, very much. Sometimes I forget him. Uh, I... I remember maybe on a Saturday when I'm sort of relaxed and I'm like, I haven't spoken to my son in six days. And then I would call him and he'd say, Eita. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm like, how are you? I'm cool. I'm cool. How are you? Oh, you know, so I, I love that about him. He's so understanding. His personality is so much in line with what I do. I love that, but I don't take it for granted. I, I tell him all the time that how much I'm grateful for his attitude because he's not training. He's not clingy and all that. And uh, as much as, uh, I, at the back of my mind, I have that little bit of emotional blackmail that, you know, he mustn't feel dumped, especially because the father is not there. So. You know, I don't want him to think that I'm neglecting him and yeah. stuff like that. So now we, we, we have a very strong relationship, a very, very good bond. And, um, we understand each other to some extent. Sometimes I may call him uh, on a Friday and on Monday he'll call me and say, I see you call me on Friday. And I was like, I'm, I'm just being a mom. 
you know, checking up on her boy. And it's like, I know I'm cool. Just like that. I'm grown up. You know? <laughs> Go do your thing, mom. Don't you worry know, about me. I'm okay. Just, you know. Yeah, he's like that. I I love him for that. And I thank God for his personality. Really, it makes my life easier. You suited for each other. Perfectly. You know, because you, you hear this thing that uh, p- parents uh, don't choose their kids or mm. parents saying, this child chose me. I'm just a vessel as a mother to bring them to this world. So now let's move on to the real reason you hear as a disruptor, right? <laughs> We all know that um, successful business people mm-hmm. have mentors and coaches. Yep. So th- there is an aspiring entrepreneur out there wondering how to approach someone who can help unearth and realize their full potential. What is your advice on that first step for that entrepreneur who's wanting to approach somebody, but maybe they're scared or they just don't know how to go about doing that? Okay. Uh, the, the first thing I would say don't approach because obviously uh, the assumption is that person is obviously way successful than you. So now what you need to do is that this person being as successful as they are, obviously they're, they're getting a lot of requests for, for a whole lot of things. So now I'd say to make yourself stand out because already the attitude is there. When a person says I need something or I'd like to talk to you already, you know, there's that I wonder what he wants type of thing. So you need to have a fresh approach because those people are already used to people asking them for stuff. So offer something first. Firstly, mm. to, to just make yourself memorable and, and refreshing and be like, wow, that's, you know, th- that's new. I, I, I haven't seen or heard anyone uh, offering something first before they ask. You can get something out of somebody without talking about yourself. Make it about them. Make them feel good and all that. They'll offer. You, you, you know. So, honestly, I'll advise you to add value first. That's for, what I preach. For example, I mean, take me through that conversation. Take me through that very first approach. You're at a networking event or at a, a breakfast seminar or masterclass and, or workshop and you're seeing the person that you know is best suited to be your mentor. What's your first approach? What do you say? How do I add value? Okay, let's say I see Mike Deke or, okay, let me, somebody that, that probably everybody knows, Petrus Mutsipe, being me uh, wanting to go into the mining industry. Now there I see Petrus. Um, I know what is happening, obviously, in the mining industry. You must know your industry. Because you would have done your homework, right? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Now you approach him, you say to him, I've realized that there are so many disasters at the mines, fatalities at the mines. I would love to conduct a, a study as to, or, or else you may have a product, a product already. I would love to come in with a, a safety product that can detect, um, tremors or whatever, cracks or something like that. You know? Wow. Obviously. Yes, I, that's I how I would, that. you know, just have a little bit. Sometimes by observing a person, you can tell what is it that you can sell to them and what you cannot sell, mm-hmm. you know, by how they look. Because, you know, by what, how they dress, you cannot sell a watch to somebody who doesn't love jewelry, exactly. who has nothing. And then there you go. And, you know, it's just those little things, those smaller things that you need to observe. Because what I'm trying to get to, I mean, you, you're here for a reason and you're here to enlighten and educate a lot of youngsters out 
out there who are wanting to follow in your footsteps. They mm-hmm. see you as a mentor. They see you as a potential coach. They see you as somebody who they can shadow for a day, a week, a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, 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 it's never easy, but you know, I, I'm, I'm loving the example that you use because many a times people do not realize that you cannot just approach somebody to become your mentor. Mm-hmm. That person has to have had a career that you aspire to. No? Because yes, it makes true. sense, right? Yes. Oh, actually, it must be somebody who's already doing what you love and they are, they are in that industry successfully. So. Exactly. Yes. And you're just wanting to learn to learn how they yes, did it yes and another thing these people don't have time obviously of so course. find find a way of how you can uh, be exposed to them for as long as possible for instance um alan Ray's had to go to nelspreet and i was in Wheatbank and um i got uh, his pa sent me uh the flight details so i drove to nelspreet because where where else am I going to see him? I drove to Nelspreet, picked him up at the airport, and I had time with him. There I was with Olin Reyes that I couldn't normally get. I, I offered to chauffeur him to wherever he was going, you know. So, Unbelievable. And then, then you start asking questions at value. That was value. He loved it. Either who was going to drive him? Was he going to catch a cab? Why not? It it may look crazy because I drove 260 kilometers. Unbelievable. You know, just to, to be with him. I mean, that was free coaching. Wow. Free coaching. That is brave. That's what I, I mean, <laughs> when people talk about chutzpah, <laughs> you know, guts, guts yeah. or whatever, the, whatever you call it. So now last year you posted this. I mean, I'm, 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 t- I'm wanting to take you on a roller coaster ride because you remember you are the disruptor, right? <laughs> so now, cause, I'm, I'm curious as to what led to this post. I think it was on Twitter. You posted, ever noticed how much you flourish after neglect, rejection, affliction, and frustration. Don't fight. Let it be. It's for your own good. What was happening around your life or career at that time for you to post something like that? Because I do know I've you know, watched your career. Mm-hmm. I've seen you excel. I've seen you succeed. I've studied you. And that's why you ended up coming here as my guest, mm-hmm. because I know you have a lot to offer. But interestingly enough, you posted this last year and they after, I mean, you were, you, you in demand as a speaker. I mean, people in your in different industries that you're involved in, people that respect you are inviting you to come to their workplaces or seminars and master classes to give talks because you are an inspirational woman. Yeah. I, I used my hardships. My, my life was not easy, you know, like uh, probably most of us, uh, black people. People, you know, uh, no money, single parent, uh, six siblings, mud houses. That's the background I come from, collecting wood, etc. So, in our in our family, from one generation to the next, we we've never really been rich, so to speak. So, I I fought to be where I am. I just said, you know what, this back ends here with me. I'm gonna change. This whole thing, you know, my, my, my kids and my nephews and my nieces are not going to go through what we've been through. My generation has been through. So, and I was 
telling young people that or oh, aspire or any other uh, entrepreneur out there who's going through hardship who is not being assisted by the people whom they think would help them and they are shocked that this person is not helping i thought they would because maybe they're a cousin or brother or whatever so in this journey of success your very own will not support you even your twin they may not support you if they do you are lucky but don't be shocked if they don't it happens isn't it isn't it aren't you better off anyway living your life without having expectations because then it means you won't be disappointed right precisely precisely so um it shouldn't be a shock but the thing is you think sometimes we assume that you know i know so and so i know so and so they obviously going to help me and you get a slap in the face that they actually don't. Um, not so long ago, I also posted that they will not pay any attention to you until you reach a certain level of success. I saw that on Instagram. You know? <laughs> I saw that. Yes. I mean, that's the truth. That's the harsh truth. You know, I, I, you know, when I post, I don't want to sell people dreams and, and say in a vacuum, things are going to be fine. You're going to make it. I can't say you're going to make it without any, you know, of, of, supporting words and stuff like that. I can say you're going to make it if, you know, firstly, it's a decision. So I need to beef up what I'm saying, you know. And uh, so I I display this uh, shocking stuff so so that people, when they bump into them, at least they, they are somehow, the shock is not so bad. They can still stand, mm. you know. Yeah, because it's it's very, very painful. It's very painful. I've been there where... Nobody believed in me. I also didn't believe in myself. Like, it, that's how bad it was. I was like, then if literally everybody doesn't believe in me, then, I mean, really, then it's bad. So I, I had to intentionally decide that, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to make it. The fact that I'm alive, the fact that I'm sober-minded, then let me just push. And I, I told myself that I've got God on my side. And I just read the scriptures and I saw all the promises and what God says about me. And I'm like, no way I'm going to make it. If God is in me, if God says uh, the same power that rose Christ from the dead it dwells within me, then, I mean, I can resurrect my life. Because so l- that was the attitude. Because a lot of people underestimate what it takes to be accessible a successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. I mean the sacrifices that you have to make to be your own boss everybody wants to be their own bosses but they don't realize that there is so much hard work and pers- persistency and the, a little bit of stubbornness I know you, you are known in the industry <laughs> to be that one stubborn lady who mm-hmm. can't take no for an answer right I mean give us an example I remember the, there was one particular incident where you didn't have an appointment to see I think the head of department and yes. you you made up a scenario and you ended up having an interview with one of the big shots at a company just yes. to just to demonstrate and illustrate that the, the stubborn personality that you have which is good in in your case because mm-hmm. you, you need a little bit of that in order to 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 keep you know pushing at those doors that I keep you know people keep keep shutting um in your face yeah you know things don't happen when you are just soft and gentle i'm telling you, you need a some level of aggression because people will say no for no reason you'll find a pa who has no idea what you are there for and they just look at you and they undermine you and they decide no you're not going to see their boss so uh, and also in some instances you have to have an appointment to get in so how do I get in if I don't know anybody? So I go in there and I go to the security dressed in my protective gear 
And I asked for Sonia Bouthi. She's an engineer, but she's probably underground. She said she'll meet me in her office once she's up. Because in case that security guard wants to call, you know, you they mustn't reach you because you're underground, you know? Yes. So now because I look the part, I look like I know what I'm talking about. Then they let me in. And that's how and you that, got the interview. That's how I, I, I got inside. I, I, I got in. Then only then I started like running around and reading on the, on the, on the doors to see who's who, <laughs> the engineer, whatever. And then I just go, go in and greeted all the time. And then, um, I went to the, the mine manager's office. And she kept saying she's not available, available, da, da, da. And then I ended up camping there. I said that I would go out and come back again. If I've got other activities, I'll go out, come back again the following week, the following month, etc. until like she got tired of, of, of pushing me aside. And then she, she walked out of her office going to another meeting and she found me waiting there. And wow. she, she went back. <laughs> Please cancel all my appointments and, and hold my calls. Let me hear what this woman is about. Wow. And finally, crazy I, got, as it is. I even got her cell number. Yeah, you have to be crazy, I'm telling I you. I love that. Nothing happens when you're gentle. So now, Nothing. You, you've done so much. I mean, one of the things that you've done is that you've built more than 200 environmentally friendly toilets and schools. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on um, the Michael Komape's case, the late? Mm-hmm. And how the education department handled the catastrophe. Yeah, you know, I can't get used to that. It's every time I think about it or I, I hear about it, it's like a dream. It's, it's so unbelievable. It's so unbelievable. Like it's, it's so much unfair for, for that family. And you also, the, having been to rural schools, you don't understand how the, the, the construction of the school was separated from the toilets because that's, it's even more essential. Exactly. And you get to schools, the building is so beautiful, but no toilets. Every time you get there, there's only the, 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 the boys will be running down to lean against the fence and the girls will just have this, uh, a structure that is about a, a meter high and they, they go in there some kind of a rendezvous and they sit very scary stuff. I've been there. I've seen those things. It's, it's unfortunate. I wish it could be reviewed. I wish there could be someone out there who can, um, start afresh. I mean, on the case. And it's really, really unfair because those things happen. I don't think it's the child's fault or the family's fault. The child or, didn't ask for it. You get what I'm saying. And sometimes they don't have a choice. In, in some schools, actually, even the educators have to drive out when they want to use uh, the toilets. They have to drive out, either go home or use the the houses that are, are near the school. That's how bad the situation is. And those minutes that she's taking to get into a car and drive to a neighbor's house, it's time that is taken away from the classroom, mm-hmm. from a learning experience. From a learning experience, yes. From a learning experience. I, I wow. It just doesn't make sense. And I mean, let's not forget, because I mean, I, I could not believe that more and more of these were going to be happening. You would have thought that Michael's case would have shook things up. Just last month or in March, uh, five-year-old Lumka mm-hmm. Ketwa mm-hmm. drowned in a pit toilet. I can't think of anything more dehumanizing. And the last time I checked, sanitation was a basic human right. Of course, of course. It, 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 it's baffling. It doesn't make sense. And it's unfortunate. 
even in in 2006 uh, the uh, the last school I was at in Mayflower it was the same situation no toilets beautiful school and it, it just doesn't make sense when you get there it's it's mind boggling all the time you are in all you are just shocked so are you telling me that uh, let, let's say if to build a school how much does it take to build a school for example 100 million 30 million is is 100 million pushing it is it too much it could be 80, depending 80, on the size. So eight yeah. zero. Yeah. So so there's a budget for 80 million, and we 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 draft as as architects, uh, uh, planners, whatever, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for the actual building and the library, if anything. Mm-hmm. But there's no budget in that amount for toilets. toilets. Is that is that how it works? Th- that's how it happens. I, mm. That's why I don't understand because the planning of a school, I mean, has to be even the the, the toilets have to be part of that initial planning. I, I don't I don't understand how it's done, how it uh they can plan for the school and not plan for this essential. Because I'm telling you right now, everywhere, most of these rural schools, there are no toilets at all. And some of the schools where they, they have pit toilets that were built by the, the school governing body. They had to make a plan by themselves. Wow, it it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. No, a lot, it will, it a lot brings doesn't you make to sense. Tears. A lot doesn't make sense. Yeah. So now, you said I want to be a disruptor in every industry I go into, and you're involved <laughs> in a lot of industries. I mean, you're involved in construction, yes, mining, mining, industrial supplies, yes. What else have I missed out? Um, I'm getting into logistics. I love logistics. Um, also in terms of mining, I I want to supply the mining equipment earth moving equipment were you always this tenacious i mean as a young girl what 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 type of girl were you in what 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 unearthed this attitude i mean as i've alluded to your chutzpah before (laughs) which i absolutely love what what brought that on i mean were you brought up by a lot of uncles and male figures that gave you that you know Mm-mm. I don't know what to call inkani. <laughs> you know, in Zulu, we say inkani, stubbornness. Yo, poverty actually should makes you aggressive. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's that poor background, and uh, I was brought up m- mostly by my grandmother, and she was the engineer of the house. And uh, I've always been a hard worker. You know, even in class, when the teacher says, "May I please have a glass of water?" Already, I'm there. You know, grabbing a glass and running out. Can I please have someone wipe the board? Already, I'm there. Even before she finishes the sentence. So I've always been hardworking and um, also coming from, a, I mean, a background where there were hard labor chores, you know, collecting wood, chopping wood, collecting water, all those sorts, all, all, all those sorts of chores. Um, so I've always been physically fit, like active physically. And uh, but in terms of uh, maybe attitude and mentality, it's only later on. When um, I went to bed hungry and I was like, uh, okay, I was very, very passive. I mean, or uh, introvert. Uh, I only spoke when spoken to. And then until when we moved to civilization in 1989 to the township where there was electricity and we were living in a bonded house, then that's when we experienced poverty. When we were at the village, it's not like we were rich. There was there was none of that. But I never thought or felt that we were poor because we were doing farming. 
we had our own sweet potatoes, our own pumpkins, our own milly meal, you know, so I, I never, it never crossed my mind that we don't have money, you know, so, but when we moved to the township and my mother's salary was chowed by the bond, then that was a, a wake up call that, you know, we poor actually. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Only then I could feel that we are poor. And look at you now. Look at yes. you now. You know, you know, when you, Hardship is actually supposed to motivate you, not to depress you. We want, we want to you believe must, you, that, right? Draw strength. But when you're going through that, you, 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 you think to yourself, oh my word, no. can, can I get sunshine at the end of the <laughs> storm? A couple of months ago, uh-huh. our president, as they call him, what do they call him? Cupcake. <laughs> I don't know why they call him Cupcake. Silili. 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 So our beloved president, Silili. Okay, Cupcake, Mr. Buffalo Soldier. <laughs> okay, President Sir Ramaphosa. <laughs> we, 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 we're going to get sued. <laughs> so he launched the YES initiative, the mm-hmm. Youth Employment Service Initiative and Network, stating mm-hmm. that the creation of 500,000 jobs a year for young people is a possibility. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, is this feasible? Or do you... Think to yourself, hmm, this is yet another initiative. It is, it is visible. It is very much visible because, for instance, right now I'm thinking about township entrepreneurship because there, there are a lot of young people out there, even if they don't, they didn't maybe complete school or um, don't have money to, to go to varsity, etc. You have those that are, are doing something, running an internet cafe. Um, doing our hair you know it's a lucrative business and we have some doing our nails and all that so i want to to coach those that are sort of established like who have made the initiative already just to talk to them about the the basic business uh, uh, principles you know because i had one lady who does nails i hope she's not listening (laughs) like she I felt that she didn't respect her business, I, I, what she was doing. I felt that she didn't respect what she was doing such that I sat her down. I said, look, um, this could be a lucrative business. You need to take it seriously. And I made an example uh, to say, let's say she's doing five people a day um, and they're each paying 100 rand and we know right now you can't go for your nails for 100 rand it's more so I was just making a very very simple example yeah I said you could be making 500 rand a day and then 500 rand multiplied by five days you know etc and I said at the end of the day there is like 10,000 rand so imagine now people come here they don't pay anything less than 200 rand and you don't do five people a day and you don't work five days a week. So you could be making 30,000. You just lack the discipline. You don't plan. You don't set goals. You don't write anything down. You don't take appointments seriously. People make appointments. And when they get to the salon, you want to sweep. You are showing their time because they plan that uh, they're going to spend an hour or two. Then they are rushing off elsewhere. So if they arrive and then you are sweeping, you, you need to be sensitive to those things. Mm. So that's what I want to do because there's a lot of potential. So we need to help them because they give up uh, because of lack of information, mm. lack of, um, of, of support. Support is not money. That is one thing also that I, I, I want to, 
remove from people's minds. You don't necessarily need money to be successful. You just need discipline. You need a good idea. You need people who will invest, who will believe in you, support you. You you just need, uh, what do you call it, human capital. Mm-hmm. You know, people who will support you, help you to plan and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. So now... On, on that subject of, I mean, you, you, you spoke of uh, township entrepreneurship and I'm, I think that's a big, big area that's been overlooked for a very, very long time. But mm-hmm. hopefully things will, will, will change, right, for the better. So now you take something uh, such as vocational studies and careers that mm-hmm. emanate uh, from them, such as your mechanics, your plumbers, your electricians, uh, carpenters, etc. They are looked down upon and yet these command high income and there is a shortage of these skills. How can we shift that mindset? Because everybody's wanting to go to the university and uh, technicons and technical colleges, people don't want to go there. They would rather just sit at home. Um, it's something that we, we, you know, we have to work on the thought process of our people in the townships. I, for one, didn't go to the mainstream uh, varsities or tertiary institutions. I only have had my first three-year qualification last year in April at the age of 39 uh, through the Race Corp um, Enterprise Development yes. Program, yes. which was three years long. You know, you can take advantage of those. Most of these companies have them. Uh, Anglo has those. Um, There are quite a few. I think even Transnet has something like that. So go to those institutions. They do have enterprise development programs. Even uh, ESCOM also has such. So it's just that our our people, because of the thought process, don't want... Uh, to go to school. They want money. For instance, at the race corps program, it has a, a 70% dropout rate because, sure. because there's no money. People think when you go there, there's this thing. They're thinking about money. I mean, what do you want? Why do you want money when you, you don't know how to manage money? When you, you are not used to, uh, uh income, cost, profit, uh, and stuff like that. I always ask that question, why you are looking for this? There's another guy who had, uh, his father has land and he wanted to build a shopping complex. So, uh, he, he's complaining that investors want 80, 70%. And I said to give it to them. And he looked at me like I'm crazy. And he told me that I'm crazy. I said, what are you going to do with it? Hmm. Are you a bricklayer for starters? You don't know anything. That land is useless to you. So 20% of that. Give it to people who can, so people just want money. And I'm like, who's gonna give you without a track record of, of, of having managed 10,000 rent is going to give you a hundred million rent? Good point. Think about that. Hmm. People love money and it's, it's not about money. You don't need money to, to, to succeed. Just bring a good idea and have somebody, you know, a partner with or believe in you, just sponsor you. Or sometimes you can negotiate with somebody. To say, can you please give me this and I will pay you. And, and it's a matter of you being honest. That is your, your, your capital. Work first, just negotiate with somebody or give them a percentage that if you give me the stock, uh, on, on credit for now, when I get paid in 15 or 30 days, I'm going to give you 10% more. Or also I will, again, it's that adding value element. You know, I will, I will give you 10, I will give you this or, or whatever. I'll do this for you. There's always something to do. Even if you don't have money, you always have something to offer to attract investors and, and potential partners and, um, 
and for for uh, what do you call it, your uh, service providers yes. to to believe in you to accept you. Tsepo Musala posted the following on Facebook. Mm-hmm. People aren't willing to invest money for a workshop, seminar, or masterclass, but they don't hesitate to buy a VIP ticket to watch watch other celebrities work. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you value other people more than yourself, end quote. Why is it difficult for people to understand the importance of investing in personal development and personal branding? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm still struggling with that because... For instance, my, my, my company is turning 11 this year. Congratulations. That's a milestone. <laughs> 11 years. 11 years. Because a, a, a lot of businesses don't even last two years. Precisely. And you won't believe that five of, of those years, of the, of the 11, the, there was no transacting. There was nothing. I was building the foundation. Five years. Five years. A lot, a lot of people would have given up by then, right? You know, five years, no income whatsoever. Even beyond that five years, it's not like you'll get money every day or something or every month. Sometimes you get dry seasons. For six months, there's nothing, you know, but you, 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 you persevere. That's why you need to be passionate about what you are doing and your mind needs to be made up about what you are doing so that when the hardship comes, you are able to roll with the punches and, and, and keep going no matter what. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know why because I mean, for a building, when they build the skyscrapers, the foundation, that's where they, they spend a lot of time the most on the foundation because this thing must so. So don't take uh, the absence of money as not making progress. You are building your brand. People need to believe in you. There, there are a lot of scammers out there and all of us are painted with the same brush. You go to, uh, uh, when I went to the mines to speak to the engineers to sell myself to the engineers and they said, you guys are not serious. We give you orders. He made an example. There was already a pump there or in an order. The, the guy who was supposed to, to fetch the pump to bring in the correct one didn't, uh, didn't have the right transport. Wow. You buy fancy cars, but you want to be in the mining industry. And then they, you have to now transport a pump. That thing is heavy. On a, on a Ferrari. <laughs> on a Because that's the, fir- that's the first priority, right? You get a tender and you buy a Ferrari. And you buy a Ferrari. You know, so th- that's the thought process that we still need to work on. You know, so it's very, very painful. It's important to work on your brand. I always emphasize that no matter what is happening, build your reputation because now I'm traceable. I mean, if, if there's someone out there who'd love to partner with me, I mean, my being on air right now, I wouldn't do anything to mess that up because I know if somebody was to contact you and say that lady, Tulima Shaba stole my money. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So work on your brand. Be known, be out there, be traceable. Because people want to be comfortable. They are scared of investing because people are crooks. You know, so also being honest with one person, you know, can take you a long way. That could be your breakthrough. Just being honest with one person. If you borrow 5,000 rent to do one, two, three things, please honor your your promise. Honor your promise. And when when you get paid, uh, do as you as you promised. Be traceable and have a good track record. Mm-hmm. That's a lesson I'm taking from that. Yeah, and also going into incubation programs uh, or in having a coach, it, it, it excites somebody who's successful because then they're surprised that you are actually able to invest in yourself. Mm. No one wants to invest in, in somebody. And also 
where would you get the guts to ask somebody to invest in you when you yourself don't invest in yourself? Good point. You know, so invest in yourself. What is your opinion on multi-choice blaming Netflix for loss of subscribers? Uh, it's very much irresponsible. <laughs> it's very discouraging and disappointing, you know, because you always need to add value. You always have to find a differentiator. You can see the loopholes. Um, it was not a surprise. You know, it didn't just, they didn't just wake up and realize that they are losing subscribers. It happened over a period and they saw that the pattern is going on. They were supposed to do something about it, do the research. Why, you know, what else could they have done to set themselves apart to keep the, the current subscribers or even attract new ones? That is your response. You need to evolve all the time, be relevant value chain add value to your product or your service why you reinvent yourself and your brand mm. i'm going to read out names and i want the first word that comes to mind <laughs> are you ready okay dr richard maponya wow um a legacy builder one word oh <laughs> legend Herman mashaba inventor Sbongi lesambo she is the founder and managing director of SRS Aviation, the first black oh. female-owned aviation company in South Africa. One word for Sbongi Lesambo. Inspiration. Bridget Khadebe. Hmm. An entrepreneur. <laughs> An entrepreneur is two words. <laughs> or oh, entrepreneur. <laughs> you got me there. Nolan Bushnell couldn't have said it any better. The critical ingredient is getting off your butt and doing something. It's as simple as that. A lot of people have ideas, mm -hmm. but there are few who decide to do something about them now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. Yep. The true entrepreneur is a doer, not a dreamer. And this disruptor sitting opposite me had this to say. Be honest in your dealings and your business will be sustainable. Don't cheat, don't rob, be a person of integrity. End quote. Beautiful words. Thank you. Simple as that. Simple as that. Tuli, thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me. My humble opinion, after all, this is the opinion booth. The only thing that stands between you and the next level is you and your attitude. Do you want to compete with disruptors? Then focus on the client and customer, not the profit. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.